Welcome to The Raw's Project, a podcast covering no bullshit, 100% real, raw, and unfiltered rags to riches stories from amazing human beings around the world with emphasis on life, personal development, family, tech, and marketing, of course. I'm your host, Ivan Temelkov, and today I'm joined by a special guest, and her name is Artisha Bolding. Artisha, welcome to The Raz Project. Thank you for having me, Ivan. I'm excited. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, before we jump in and talk a little bit about your story, because I'm a sucker for hearing people's stories, I think it's so fascinating to see the evolution of where you were to where you are today and mm-hmm. let's face it, how far you've come, because I think there's so many people, especially now in today's day and age, that just don't don't appreciate truly how far they've come mm-hmm. and really acknowledge their accomplishments. Because uh, so anyway, before we jump in the, into that, I want to share with listeners and viewers a little bit about your background. So you motivate women and entrepreneurs to help birth their businesses, book or brand Ensure they're no longer stuck in life, but thriving in success that's aligned with their passion and their purpose. You will help build legacies of health, wealth, and wisdom through empowerment and accountability coaching. And you're also a loving wife and a firm mom. Absolutely. (laughs) Again, thank you so much for for coming on. And I know before, um, you know, we started, uh, we had record I think it's taken me two, maybe three months to finally actually reach out and and schedule this this, um, interview. But uh, before we dive in deeper, you know, let's start with your story. You know, tell us a little bit about you and, you know, where you've been, what you've seen. Tell us a little about your childhood and how did you get to where you are today? Oh, man, where can I even start? So um, if we want to start in childhood, um, I will say when I was a kid, I literally wanted to be Claire Huxtable. I was like, I'm going to be this kick butt attorney. I'm going to marry maybe not a doctor, but I'm going to marry this rich businessman and we're just going to rule the world. It's going to be great. And then, of course, you know, life happens. Life has a way of making a liar <laughs> out of you. Yeah. And so um, so many things happened. So I am thankful that I was able to make it through the great Howard University. Shout out HU. Um, but it wasn't, I had an amazing experience, but I knew my senior year that as bad as I wanted it, I wasn't ready for law school. So I'm like, okay, what, what is it? What can I do? One of my advisors um, suggested that I go to grad school. So I said, okay, I'll work and do that. And so that thing happened, um, but law school actually never happened. It was always kind of in the periphery, but it, you know, it never happened. And so I became a corporate girl trading money for time and I really, I wasn't satisfied. Like, you know, I was, you know, checking things off the box. Okay. Like, you know, graduate, you know, go get the job and everything. And I was in DC at the time, right. Born in Georgia, but I moved to DC with mom when she was looking for work and, you know, everything was going on there, government, everything, lots of great jobs, but I can honestly say I've made some huge changes in other people's lives for other people's visions. And I just was never fulfilled. Right. And Mm -hmm. so 
I got completely, completely sick of that. I mean, it was road rage. It was the dating scene sucks. Everything was just crazy, right? So I was like, dude, I have got to get the hell out of DC. And so without very little notice, I packed everything up. I sold a bunch of stuff, gave a bunch of stuff away, and I moved to LA. And I found myself right back in government because, you know, that's what I was used to. Um, I did a stint in the mayor's office there, which was a lot of fun. But L.A. is really a they call it the city of angels, but it is a hellish hellish place. (laughs) And I just I knew again, it's just like you have these spiritual nudges, I call them. Like, I just knew that that wasn't it. I was like, this is not going to work. I was like, first of all, this is the most expensive place in the world to live. How do regular people live here? Like, it's insane. So um, just as I was having those kind of thoughts, again, life happened. My grandmother took very ill and um, she was in her late 80s. She was actually approaching 90 at the time. And I had no family. I had one college girlfriend and a very um, tight knit church community Mm -hmm. that I was close with in L.A. But that was literally it. And so I'm like, I'm sick of, you know, being away from my family. So I moved back east, actually down south. Now, timeline check, we're at what, 2000. 10 now and I'm engaged finally so you know it's like we're preparing to check off something else in the box and um and then got here and the job market was crazy so I'm like over head over heels in love but the job market sucks and mama told you romance without finance is a nuisance okay pain (laughs) in the butt so it's just like you know it was really like one hit after the other, you know, roller coaster, right? Just like you see on the soaps or any other sitcom. Yeah. And I really just had to kind of say, okay, what is here for me? Like the family part was amazingly fulfilling. And I I didn't even really know that I was missing that so much. I had been so focused with work. I mean, working 40, 50 hours per week just to, you know, live a lifestyle that I wanted yeah. to eat where I wanted, wear where, what I wanted kind of thing. And um, that halt in the job market for me gave me some time to kind of think about, okay, what do I really want to do? Mm-hmm. Still didn't make a great choice. Anyway, not to prolong this uh, part of the story, but um, started out in um, a new industry, which was healthcare for me. That's really big uh, here back in my hometown, Augusta, Mm -hmm. Georgia. And um, that, I mean, that was just okay, but again, just not fulfilling. So fast forward, how did I get into the entrepreneurial space, which is where I've been um, for the last just under three years now? Um, speaking of healthcare, at the ripe old age of 38, I found myself having to navigate, get this respiratory failure and cardiac failure with no medical history. Craziest wow. thing in the world. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. Cra- so you're, you're not to interject on the story, but I think you said th- three years ago. So you're 41, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're the same age as me. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the reason I actually wanted to interject on that is because when you said that you, you, to the, so to, to the part of your entrepreneurial journey, when you were, when you were leading up to it and you said three years now into, I'm like, oh my God, like she's so new to the entrepreneurial space. But then you said Mm -hmm. 38 and I'm like, 
let's face it. I think one of the biggest misconceptions in the entrepreneurial space is that most people think that there's a, a, a prerequisite of age to enter the space. Yes. Yes, I totally agree. And that is not true. And first of all, if we're not careful, these millennials are going to make us look really stupid because I mean, <laughs> they are getting it and they are getting it quick. Listen, and the yeah. thing about it is this global pandemic that has yeah. been so crazy. It was a curse to many, but a blessing to some too, because Amen. we've seen so many people who have had to get into this entrepreneurial space. Mm -hmm. And these kids, man, I'm talking about, they they are really getting it. They are launching out. I've seen so many candle businesses. I've seen so many apparel businesses. Yep. And listen, they're kicking butt. They're, they're really doing it. Well, you know, I'll tell you something is, and I want to go back actually to talk, talking about the medical crisis, because I know yeah. there's probably a lot to say about that. But, um, you know, 20, I, I'm not going to lie, 2020 was my my best year in business coming up on almost six years. And Same. I think as you pointed it out, is just that I think where there's a problem, there's a solution awaiting. And I think mm -hmm. that a lot of people, especially that are not in the entrepreneurial mindset, really look at problems as setbacks and problems are actually opportunities. Opportunities. That's right. Every problem is an opportunity. So like when you were talking about like candle businesses and a lot of solopreneurs emerging, I mean, let's face it with these, what, what are we on round three of stimulus or something like mm -hmm. this money was like coming in, people were sitting on their asses on the couch, you know, watching prime and Netflix, you know, <laughs> yeah. bored off their minds. It's like, yeah, start a business, you know, start, start a side hustle. This is a perfect time to do it. When everybody else was like, oh man, how am I going to pay my bills? And this, it's like, no, this is an opportunity to find that fulfillment because let's face it, Artisha, okay? Over 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. That's a yes. fact. fact. That's a fact. So there, fact. there ain't no fucking fulfillment in that. I'll tell you that. There's no exactly. fulfillment in that. Do you mm -hmm. wait for your paycheck to pay your mortgage to put gas in the tank or or go grocery shopping? Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like fulfillment. So that's great. That's great to hear. But I want to go back to the middle crisis thing because mm -hmm. you said no record. There was no history, no history. And mind you, I'm so interested in this is because so so how how did how did you fathom this? Like no medical history? Like, let's talk about this. Listen, this is the absolute craziest thing in the yeah. world. So 38. Okay, so wait a minute. I didn't, I kind of glossed over a little bit to my next industry shift. So, mm -hmm. okay, rewind a little bit because this is funny. So came to Georgia, got into healthcare because that makes sense. Like we're a major, major medical hub. People are flown from all over the world to mm -hmm. see our doctors. We have research hospitals, all of that huge, huge, huge and everything and military which that was not an option. Okay. <laughs> so um, that um, was kind of a contract based thing. It got really weird with my supervisor and that kind of went south. Okay. So then I was just like, okay, what's next? And these opportunities just kind of find themselves my way and always, always been kind of a free spirit. So I'm like, okay, I'll try it. If, if they want to pay me, Hey, you know, I'll try yeah. whatever. So um, the next thing, believe it or not, I got into bounty hunting and uh, bail bonding. Yeah, don't listen. Okay, that, <laughs> that, that's a day. total 360. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, literally, right? And so, first <laughs> of all, I will have to say the best boss ever, the most fun ever. Talking about, like, you know, no holes barred, say anything. Like, yeah. 
I, I should, I'm not proud of this because I am a woman of faith and I consider myself, you know, fairly conservative and chaste and all of yeah. those things. But I mean, I never cursed so much in my life as I did at that <laughs> job. Like it was great. And it was so much fun because yeah. we didn't really have to worry about just so many rules. The boss was just kind of like, get the paperwork signed <laughs> and yeah. I don't get the paperwork is the money. So, you know, that was it. So that was a lot of fun, but believe it or not, especially as a girl in this yeah. old boys club, there wasn't a lot of money in it. So yeah. it's just like, okay, now we're looking again. It's like, okay, I got to get out of this. Another opportunity comes about, and I um, mean, this was actually my last traditional job. So then we're going to segue yeah. back to where we were. So um, I began working as, couldn't guess it pretty girl on a construction site a construction site for a nuclear power plant oh yeah i'm talking about nuclear hard power hat. plant come on <laughs> hard hat steel toe boots that ugly wow. yellow vest the whole deal like literally the whole deal right um wow booming industry here as well yeah. that i never even thought about but i um, had a few family members in the industry and at that particular site Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, was able and I'm once again, lots, literally lots of money. I've been one of the highest paying jobs in the area. So I was like, once again, if these people are going to give me yeah. their money, I'm going to go show up and take it. Yeah. So I went there and it I was miserable. Absolutely. Like when I tell <laughs> this story, I have to say soul sick. Like I was, I felt like I was sick on the inside, like yeah. very happy on Thursday. You know, we got paid on Thursday night slash Friday. <laughs> right. Payday. Very happy. Like, okay, good. You know, but the other six days a week, miserable. miserable. And the thing about it, we mandatory overtime. So now we're not only 50, we're as much as 60 hours per week. Ugh. And that's on top of a 45 minute commute one way. Oh, so you're wasting 90 minutes of a day just commuting uh, your round trip, basically, right? <laughs> Let me go you one better. Third shift. I was working 6 uh. p.m m to 6 a.m oh hell no i've done graveyard i'm never doing it again i don't give a shit how much you pay me uh -uh. i'm saying i'm serious <laughs> no i'm serious unless i can literally go pick up the check and then come right back home like no no so not worth it but again you know having the past yeah. that i've had and just kind of in the financial situation that i was yeah um, having always been an independent woman and now having a husband and feeling like I want to pull my own weight, look, secretly and mainly because I don't want nobody having to tell me, you know, what to do because <laughs> just because you pay the bills. No, I'm still you understand. So, no, I love I love the independence aspect, not to interject. Mm -hmm. I absolutely mm -hmm. love that because mm -hmm. I think when when you really step into independence and a lot of people will never actually truly experience that they might talk about it but right. they will never truly experience it because there's sort of that scarcity mindset i think in part and it's largely because if i step into independence and i think a lot of women that's why i'm so excited about rising fampreneurs is because yes. fampreneurs are amazing man i mean mm -hmm. like i go back to you know i'm married and like anytime my wife brings something to the table i'm like there ain't nothing a man can do on this planet with a woman that's got a plan. Tell me about it. That's there the ain't truth. nothing with it. And we need more, more women. I mean, I think it was uh, when GM hired their first female CEO a few mm. years back that mm -hmm. I was just like, all right, we're, we're like totally going into revolution here, but a good one too, mm -hmm. because 
I think, you know, the entrepreneurial space was largely dominated by males. It was yes. a male sport, largely, yes. right? Yes. I mean, look at mm-hmm. all the last 20 years, you know, Warren yeah. Buffett, Bill Gates, you know, now now Elon Musk and and uh, what's his name? Um, the Amazon CEO, I'm drawing a, a blank. Bezos. Jeff Bezos, right? Mm-hmm. Of modern times. Where's the women? Mm-hmm. Literally in mm-hmm. that. So like, I'm excited about it because I think women bring diversity to the entrepreneurial space. I think mm-hmm. women bring creativity to an entrepreneurial space. Mm-hmm. And I think women just bring a fresh perspective to it, you know? So I, so let, let's go back to talk. I, w- I want you to finish the thought, but I wanted to yeah, just yeah, yeah. for a second because all right, so six days of the week, you're miserable, but that one day you're excited because, you know, who doesn't get excited on payday? <laughs> yes, exactly. And so it was really, really crazy because, um, and I had a few keys. I'm a firm believer in these spiritual nudges. You know, life gives you little clues to, you know, get a little escape, but it's just like, if you don't yeah. listen, you will suffer. Yeah. And so things started happening. Like I've been in church literally my whole life. My grandfather helped build our local church here, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, before I was even thought of. And so I started doing things like, you know, falling asleep in church, but then I was falling asleep behind the wheel of a car. Like I would literally be on the highway, you know, three, four, five, you know, depending on when we got off in the morning, headed home and like wake up on the highway, like, oh my God, where am I? Like the craziest thing. So it was just like, okay, no matter what Thursday's paycheck looks like, like you got to get out of this girl. And so <laughs> I believe that God conspired against me. I believe he yeah. was like, listen, enough is enough. Like, this is not, this is not your place. And if you would really sit down, shut up and listen, then I will help you do what it Amen. is that you're meant to be. And for me, that I never took it as a punishment and I never ever got angry with God. I never turned my back on God. I had a lot of questions, but I believe that the medical crisis was my time that was designed for me to be still and be quiet and really tune into what I was always meant to do. Yeah. And so again, from the um, construction job, I had the insurance card right in my pocket. Look, a designer wallet, you understand, full of money, full of all kinds of cards. I had never used this insurance card. I I don't say it to brag. You're young and healthy, quote unquote. (laughs) I didn't even have a primary doctor at the time. Crazy. So when I, um, which the crazy part is what I thought was hay fever okay because the little symptoms started um we're here in georgia started around october and so it's kind of like a hacking cough and the chest is tight and it feels weird um it didn't feel like a cold and i was even fussing at people at work like don't act like that i'm not contagious this is not a cold this is my allergy because trust me i have all the allergies literally every last one of them (laughs) and so it got progressively worse and what i didn't know was happening at the time so it turned into bronchitis but then by the time i actually went to see someone it was double pneumonia i'm talking both lungs Uh. full like danger zone like people don't know or i won't say people don't know but people don't realize or pay attention to the fact that pneumonia actually kills people like you know COVID is the the big devil out now but pneumonia was killing people long before that like literally your lungs are full you can't breathe you aspirate yeah so 
that was happening and I never broke anything as a kid never had a cast or anything like that so again at 38 first hospital stay ever I said hey why not make it a big one eight days oh wow eight freaking days in the hospital first time around uh yeah go you want better listen I'm I'm (laughs) my husband (laughs) we joke because I'm a one-up one I'm a one-up man I'm like no I go you one better thanksgiving it was freaking thanksgiving yes and i i'm a fluffy girl i love to eat so it's just like stabbed me in my heart of all the things (laughs) to do it's just like thanksgiving in the hospital are you kidding and then just a little note about navigating uh the healthcare system in this country fun fact I felt okay. So I had been in there for a few days. I felt okay. The numbers were starting to look okay, but they still had no idea. No one, it wasn't COPD. No one could figure out why this young, healthy girl is all of a sudden having these problems. But they're like, okay, we're going to give you fluids to flush stuff out. And then we're going to give you all this other junk, you know, to make sure the lungs are empty and out. And I'm like, okay, well, I want to spend Thanksgiving with my family. Can I just, you know, check myself out? And then if, um, if I have a problem, come back. She said, yeah, you absolutely can. But if you do, your insurance will not cover either visit because you did not stay under doctor's care. Fun fact. What? Well, I mean, don't even get me into insurance because I mean, the amount of bullshit that's there and bureaucracy of that, you know, Mm -hmm. well, well, how much of it really is theirs? Don't even get me right. started. Cause I mean, right. being a father, being a father, being a husband and, and, and going through all kinds of stuff, you know, it's, it's just like, really? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I almost feel like what you were saying is like, are you just trying to fatten your pockets? Basically that's yeah. what that, that sounds like. <laughs> yeah. It's not about people being healthy and not having to do this. It is yeah. about how much money you can make, how much, uh, medicine yep. you know whether it's drugs or services that you can push but anyway that's a whole nother topic <laughs> right right <laughs> so but it got super crazy Ivan so this is like I said very first yep. hospital stay I didn't even know how to act I was just like this is insane the doctors literally don't know they have a term for when they don't know what's going on um when they don't know the cause mm-hmm. it's what is it I want to make sure I say it I used to have it in my phone it's idio what is it? Idio, idiopathic, idiopathic, idio, like idiot, <laughs> which literally is the medical term for I don't know. Look it up. Idiopathic. So, idiopathic. I'm, I'm actually going to Google that relating to or denoting any disease or condition which arises spontaneously or for which the cause is unknown. So, oh, the causes on you know what they actually have a fancy description for a word that stands for we're clueless basically yeah 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 uh-huh precisely yeah ask me how that I is insane is it isn't it that's insane. so um so that was again that was november of 2017 so listen yeah. i was back in the er in december they gave me some drugs sent me home i was back in the er in listen january March Mm -hmm. and May. By the time this was really blowing up, 26 days in the hospital, I went into a coma twice. I lost two days each. Like it just was getting worse and worse. And they still didn't know what was going on. But thank the Lord. um, The last time that I was, um, well, in in March, when they had to actually put me on an oxygen machine 
crazy. Yeah. Um, I got referred to a specialist and the doctor, and I, I really trusted this because this doctor referred me to a doctor at a completely different hospital, completely different practice. So I said, okay, if you're sending me away from your practice, your physician group, I, I trust, I trust you. And he spoke very well of them. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll listen to you and I'll go. And I have received amazing care since then. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. So after throwing a bunch of pills at me, after having to drag an oxygen tank around for months, they finally got um, a hold on it. And the uh, diagnosis yeah. um, was a pulmonary arterial hypertension. So the way I explain it to lay people, the way I had to understand it was all of my tubes, so they say, are too small. So the tubes in my heart are too small and the tubes in my lungs are too small. So all of my stuff is working way too hard for um. my age and my system. So it's just crazy, 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 crazy. Wow. Right. So yeah. literally, go. No, I was, the only thing I was going to, I mean, as you're describing this, is I can only imagine the emotions and, and the line of thinking that was probably happening because, I mean, and I can relate to is because, I mean, I think the only really surgery that I had was when I was like born, but that was like a very minor type of surgery. Nothing that okay. had to do with like heart or lungs or anything. Right. I still had to do on, on my toes is what it was because they thought one oh. of my toes was wobbling. So they okay. had to, mind you, being Eastern European, you can imagine, you know, the medicine back in 1980, <laughs> right? Okay. Eastern yeah. Europe also. So mm -hmm. gladly they knew what the hell they were doing. Let's just put it that way. But other than that, like, you know, most of my life, I've not, in fact, I've never been hospitalized for anything. And so when you were talking about this, I can only imagine like probably what was going through your mind. Like you start to question so much, like you yes. wonder what the hell is wrong with me? Like, why yeah. is this happening? Then you, 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 your emotions shift to different stages of how mm -hmm. you perceive things to the mm -hmm. point to where you, you start to play the victim mindset almost. Yeah. And so like, I bet a lot of that was happening to you, right? Yes, you go through states of panic. You definitely go mm -hmm. through states of depression. And of course, you're like, you know, why me? And I would during that time, I remember something that uh, one of my cousins said uh, to me, and she's a woman of faith also. Mm -hmm. And um, she had had some trouble with her uh, husband at the time who no longer is. And she said, you know, she would just pray and be like, why am I going through this? Why me? Why me? Yeah. And she said the answer that she really felt in her heart, like it was coming from heaven to her was why not you? Why would you not be the person to survive this yeah. and tell the story and help someone else? And that's just what came to be. And so um, that last hospital stay was a doozy. I was actually in the ICU. And so that stay was a total of 10 days. And I, when I tell you, I thought it was it. Like I literally told yeah. my husband and my mom, I was like, well, you call everybody, whoever wants to see me, just tell them to come see me. Cause I really think this is it. I said, and quite frankly, after all of this, I'm done. <laughs> I feel like yeah. you know, I've traveled, I've lived, I've worked. I'm good. Like if this is really it, I'm actually okay. I'm sick of this. And they were like, yeah. don't talk like that, whatever. And so as the, that across those 10 days, the longer I was there, it literally was like the light at the end of the tunnel, like a very dark, confusing time. I 
I felt like, okay, what? every day I woke up, I was just like, well, Lord, Lord I'm still yeah. here. So something's happening. And so right about that, um, about that fourth day or so, I'm just like, okay, it doesn't look like this is going to be my time. It looks like I'm going to stick around here for a while. So um, I am going to give and share what I didn't necessarily have. I am going to spread the message of love and light. I am going to tell people, don't be like me. Don't be looking down, facing death and wishing you had done things differently. So, I mean, I begin to just uh, love on and pray for and encourage everyone that came near my room at all i'm talking about from the cafeteria folks delivering the meals to the janitors to the doctors and nurses themselves everything i was just i always had a smile i always asked about their families and everything and so you know people began to know me all around the hospital and i believe that that was actually instrumental in my healing because by the time i left Things still weren't, you know, back to 100%. They still had to wheel me out of there. I couldn't yeah. walk out. But I was just so thankful that I wasn't being carried out in a box or a bag, you know. And so yeah. um, from there, still trying to, you know, actually get my body healed, I decided that this experience is so crazy. I have to write a book, yeah. and um, which I'm still actually working on. Um, the book that came out of me, which is why I say I... Um, motivate women and entrepreneurs to birth their books and their brands. Mm-hmm. The first book that I birthed was one of centering and faith, because that is what really the first few months out of that experience, that is what really held me together was really, again, taking that quiet time, taking the time to affirm myself. Like I had to make myself get up, look in the mirror, speak positively over my life. And I noticed that that literally had a healing effect on my body. And so I'm like, there's something to this. People need to know about this. And so that led me to um, my first prod, well, first two projects that were kind of happening simultaneously. Uh, which what what turned into the Bold Journeys podcast, the show that I created yep. and host. And that started off as the jankiest Facebook Live you would ever want to see. It was so <laughs> crazy because, mind you, I still have like the nasal cannula, that whole deal. I have this awful black mark, which if I get close enough, you can still see just a little bit here mm-hmm. because... I had an oxygen mask strapped to my face so tight that they panicked when I went in the coma. And so there was this big black contusion. So I was just like, I'm not trying to be on anybody's camera. I just want to talk to the people. And I didn't know about RSS and all of that at the time. I had no idea about Anchor and Zoom was not nearly as popular as it is. And so I just began to build and I'm just like, people need to hear this message. I'll never get tired of telling this story. And so it has been really amazing. And so with that, I went on to get some education because, you know, people like you to have, you know, letters behind your name. They like certifications and all that stuff. So (laughs) I'm like, well, what does this kind of fall under? Yeah. Life coaching. So yeah. I became a certified life coach and uh, the, the rest is almost history. I'm so thankful for the women and entrepreneurs that I yeah. get to work with and I help them along their purpose discovery journey, their entrepreneurial journey, 
and it's it's been a blast it's been so crazy but it's been a blast yeah it's um you know there were a few things that you mentioned that i was trying to make mental notes on and one of these days i'll actually start to write down because plus people kind of describe their experiences and to bring it full circle because one of the things that we do talk about on this podcast is about entrepreneurship but why are experiences and personal development and mindset are and and fitness and nutrition and holiness yes. uh, fulfillment are so essential to entrepreneurship why is because and i i personally have struggled with this so so to go way back to what you were saying is when you were in the hospital and you were talking about how this is it the lights are about to go out call everybody the family mm-hmm. friends come in this might be the last time i i think one thing that i have discovered is that when adversity strikes you and why adversity is so essential is because it teaches you to be more humble and more grateful mm-hmm. and that is almost essential to what you're going to do later in life what you're going to do as a person what you're going to do uh, spiritually what you're going to do from a business standpoint yes and business in reality is really just about problem solving mm-hmm. that's it it's problem that's solving it. and i think you know anyone is capable anyone is capable of starting a business but mm-hmm. here's the caveat to this is that you got to know the purpose behind it you got to be right mentally and spiritually and if you ask me from a nutritional and fitness standpoint because here's why for me as someone like me i've been a cyclist for 8 years now and to this day honestly i still can't find a definitive answer as to why in the fuck i started cycling <laughs> i cannot literally yeah. i 8 years ago i still have the same $300 bike i'm hoping okay. to actually invest into a carbon bike this year because what started out as let me cycle for 5 miles to I'll cycle close to 70 in a week when the weather gets nice. Cause I live in St. Louis, it's the Midwest. And guess what? Today you could be wearing shorts tomorrow. You got your freaking Eskimo gear on. Yeah. And oh yeah. That's the, uh, that's the Midwest. Right. But what I realized is fitness is more than just fitness. It's about mentality. It's about yes. clarity. Yes. Yes. That was a big one. Then I'm an Eastern European. So I grew up on You want chocolate? Eat chocolate. You want to eat five times a day? Eat five times a day. It's cool. You know, it's cool. No, it's not cool. Add to that being an ex-smoker until 26. So I'm 41 now. I haven't smoked for that long, right? Way to go. Way to go. That is a suave move, right? But the reason why I wanted to expand on this is as you were talking about, like, I think most people don't appreciate what they have. I think people take most of us as human beings. I know I personally, so much I took for granted majority of my life. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. yes, I am lucky. Knock on wood. You know, yes, I am blessed. Thank you, Lord. And I have two Mm -hmm. kids to prove that who are IVF kids, mind you, both of them. You know, so like that was a journey in itself, which Mm -hmm. (laughs) that might be a book in itself, actually. Yeah. Just to to talk about that. (laughs) But as you were saying this, you know, I think, and in recent, especially over the last couple of months, some things happened that really kind of solidified, you know, the pursuit that I'm on. But that's what people need to understand. That's why this podcast has pivoted 
three times that I can remember is to really find its true calling, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to have people like you to share your experiences. And here's the thing. You said something. People need to hear this is what you said. Why yeah. do people need to hear your story? Because it's a matter of one person that he might touch and change their life. That's it. When in this That's world it. that we live in, right? Most people want to impact many, but they can't even impact one. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. That's the reality of it. And mm-hmm. you know what? In entrepreneurship, in business, that's literally what it's about. Yeah, especially marketing. Hello. Exactly. <laughs> we know that. You Absolutely. have to have that targeted audience. You have to have that targeted mm-hmm. message. You have to get the person to sit up and say, tell me more or raise their hand and say, yes, I yep. want it. And it's all about relating to people. Reson- yep. A story will resonate with them. And um, I don't fancy myself any guru. I'm just, I call myself the GGG, the ghetto girl gone global. And <laughs> I will tell this story until yep. my last breath okay because if i trust me if i can do it absolutely anybody can do it your vibe attracts your tribe when you show up full as your authentic self your people will literally flock to you and what i found out i spent years and years listen i got my first job paid with a paycheck not just some old lady just giving me some money to help her out right my first job with an actual paycheck at 14, okay? I didn't stop working until I was 38, a traditional job. So I know what that is like. But what I do know is two things. Number one, and somebody can beat me up about this, but I stand on it firmly. You will never be wealthy, financially wealthy, working a traditional job, period. You just won't, you just won't. So I'm a firm believer in ownership, but- With that, if you seek the dollars, if you're running after the dollars, you've already started off wrong. It's already tainted. But if you seek to help people, if you seek to serve people, the dollars will come. They will. And I've lived that. I know that for an absolute fact. You know, and so the, the one the only thing I wanted to respond with that really is you said it beautifully, beautifully, flawlessly. The one thing I want to respond to that is you said relatability and how you attract like-minded people. So there is a reason why you are here today. There is a reason, not only because of God, but because of forces of nature, relatability and proximity, because you are actually the third person out of 60 in a spreadsheet that I picked. Why did I pick that? Because I related to your story. I really, there was something that influenced me out of your story just the sentiment the choice of wording the context before even speaking to you yeah and that's what people don't understand and this is literally marketing that this is yeah this is the truest form of marketing before marketing was even marketing and what it is today marketing how it was done hundreds of years ago yeah and people don't understand that and, and personally, I'm a huge fan of that is because I'm all about relatability and finding people who, well, you can relate to because those are the people that just get it. You know, mm-hmm. I follow a lot of influential people online. The, the one the one constant I've seen is, you know, don't try to sell to those who don't get it. 
Don't try to connect with people who just don't get it because mm-hmm. you're going to spend, you're going to spin your wheels trying to explain something to people who, who are not even going to bother to yes. get it. They're not even yeah. going to give you a minute, a minute of their day to even take initiative. The people that do and just curious, not necessarily acknowledge, but curious and optimistic are the ones you want to associate with. Because yes. those are movers, movers and shakers. And I can tell That's you right. are a mover and shaker to yeah. provide your story and your experiences. And I feel like your journey has just begun. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. You know, and I, I know excited. we didn't get a chance to talk about, you know, you've got two books that you've written uh, as well. You've got your podcast uh, as well, which I think Bold Journeys, which that's with two Z's at the mm-hmm. end as well, you know, has its, uh, the character, the personality, the, the format behind that podcast was an extension or is an extension of who you are as an individual. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> with that being said, I, I gotta say, I very much like you, I'm a chatterbox and I love, I love, you know, enticing conversations like, like yours. And we might have to think about a part two, because there's still the, the book and, and the podcast and all of that to talk about. But before we, we sign off, first of all, I want to say thank you for coming on. Just you, you shared a wealth of, and I'm a huge, huge sucker. For anyone that like is just willing to be, like you said, an open book mm-hmm. and, and be transparent and just don't hold back. And you did every bit of that. So I want to thank you for that. It was an amazing conversation. Before we sign off, though, throw out some handles, social handles, websites, anything and everything you can think of ways, best ways for people to connect with you out there in the digital world. Absolutely. First of all, Ivan, it's been my pleasure and honor. So thank you for having me. I'm glad that I went from just a name and a number in a spreadsheet to <laughs> this great <laughs> conversation. So um, I, there's so much more to my story. I hope that your listeners will be interested. And I would love for them to take a few minutes to visit my website, which is artishabolding.com. That's A-R-T-I-S-H-A-B-O-L ding.com. I have more great interviews like the one with Ivan and there are, there's more information about the books as well as my coaching services. As I said, I am a certified life coach working with women and entrepreneurs and I would absolutely love for folks to follow me on Facebook. Um, I'm at artisha.bolding and Instagram is just at artisha.bolding. So it's, it's been so much fun. Awesome. Thank you so much. And and I got to make sure and caption all of this too, as well with, with the, with, you know, all the great, the handles, all the great information, everything, you know how it goes. It's putting a, putting a description to a podcast episode. It's like, Hmm, there's literally a hundred things that I can put here. Like, yes. What yes. do I put here? You know, it's like, there's so <laughs> much good, but um, yeah. Artisha, you know, congratulations on, on everything. You know, I, I, I know you've been through a lot. I appreciate you sharing your story and uh, I'm excited to see where you go from here. So thank you again for coming on. Thank you again, Ivan. It's, I've, I've really had a blast <laughs> and I would love to come back if you have it.